Welcome to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into adulthood. Sitting next to me is Jeremy Mullins. All right. And uh, Jeremy, where are we recording from today? Sanford, North Carolina, the heart of the, the Carolina state. And we're sitting right in Jeremy's kitchen because I am a mobile podcaster. So we just kind of go where the person is. And so today we're going to talk about, as we always do, stuff you do now as you did as a kid. Jeremy, what did you like to do as a kid that you still do now? Oh, my passion as a child was die-cast toy cars, and that has continued throughout my entire life. I'm now 46, and I still love those little things. All right, well, let's get into it. Welcome to our fourth episode of You're Still Doing That, and... Uh, so, um, so I know, I don't know Jeremy. I didn't know Jeremy right off the bat. I got a text message on my phone from Jeremy that said, Hey, I want to come on about your show and about talking about toy cars. And I immediately text my wife, Chrissy. And I said, do you know who Jeremy Mullins is? And, uh, and it turns out she did know who Jeremy Mullins is because he works at our local library, which my wife is there all the time. Absolutely. And, uh, and so uh, now we are new friends, but hopefully long-standing friends. As uh, Jeremy has walked me through his collection of toy cars, and it is amazing. Uh, so needless to say, the best. I was definitely impressed with his collection, and I can't wait to get into it today. All right. So first, uh, so let's uh, let's let make sure everybody knows exactly what's going on. How many cars, uh, die-cast Hot Wheel Matchbox cars? exist in your house today well first i want to tell you thank you very much for having me on your podcast and i appreciate uh this opportunity and hope that the listeners enjoy this as much as i do and i'm glad you reached out i'm excited about today my collection uh has amassed to a number close to about 6500 plus one plus one that's right because i brought him when i came over the other day i brought him a toy car a hot i think it was a hot wheels and yeah, it is a it is substantial, um, substantial amount of cars. So uh, make sure you visit us on Facebook or Instagram. There'll be some pictures up, and you can see all the lovely things Jeremy has. You know, you got to really consider your collection and your passion when you start thinking about storage, and you also think about structural integrity of your house and uh, where it will fit so that it won't make your house cave in. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, definitely the closet you showed me. That was substantial, that's for sure. All right, Jeremy, so when did all this um, passion about collecting toy cars come from? When did all that get started? Well, i got to roll the clock back a little bit for you to 1970s. I, I don't remember the exact date, but all throughout my very early childhood, I always remember having toy cars. Mom used to carry them in her purse for whenever we would go places, and she would always, you know, pull out a handful of cars and hand them to me, and that was it. I, I think a lot of us of. can agree with that, having the same <laughs> thing too, man. Exactly. So that that's really where it started out, as early as uh, three years old that I can remember back to having them. Yeah, I always remember begging my parents to buy me that little sleeve that had three or four at a time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so um, so were your parents the first ones that were getting your cars? They were, actually. Um, Mom and Dad both were very on with it because uh, I had such a big passion for that. Uh, I even have a picture of me when I was three years old where my mom took me in to get professional photography done. And 
the photographer uh, or mom one took the, the cars from me so that I could get my picture taken and I would not smile and I remember the photographer doing all kinds of crazy things and puppets and I was looking at him like no, no <laughs> this ain't happening I remember my kids doing the same <laughs> <laughs> but finally relent my mom relented the toy cars in her hand and gave them to me and in the corner of the picture you can actually see my little chubby digits just gripping this little car and this little cheesemo grin coming across my face and that was the classic that has lasted forever oh that's awesome man did you have a favorite kind of the toy cars at first well, you know, as a child, I had my favorites, but um, there were a few. Um, I, you know, I was kind of a sickly child, and I was in and out of the hospital a lot. My grandfather brought me a little blue Lincoln Continental Mark V, I believe it is. Uh, it was part of a package called the Pocket Cars. They were real popular in the early 80s. That's one of them that I can truly remember, like uh, the first ones. Um, then later on, it, it was several other Matchbox and Hot Wheels. I uh, did have my favorites, and they seemed to have evolved as I grew older. Uh, what about like your friends and stuff going through school? Did they all have cars too, or did they think you were just a little nuts? No, we all had cars. I, I even remember being in the fourth grade and seeing um, the, you know, the treasure chest that the teacher would get us whenever we would do good throughout the week. We could pull out treasure. And I remember there was this little tiny Volkswagen Beetle that didn't have any wheels on it whatsoever, <laughs> but I loved it. So right. I played with it inside my desk. I remember getting uh, caught with it, and it was back to the treasure chest it went. Do you have, um, do you have any particular cars uh, that have a memory for you as a youth? Anything in particular that stands out? Well, first, got to answer your other question. The uh, You were asking, did I have any friends who enjoyed them? And I did. I had several friends who enjoyed cars, and we would get together and play. And, you know, G.I. Joe's came along with that, too. But cars were our first go-to. Right. Now, treasured ones, um, there was this one particular matchbox. It's a 1978 Mercury Cougar Villager. It has the little tailgate that folded down like the old uh, 70s and 80s. I was always a big fan of the tailgate or if the doors opened. I, I always love that. Oh, exactly. That was a big favorite of mine. And, of course, that Lincoln, the doors opened up on it, too. And then I had uh, a few Chevettes. Um, I remember the sloped van. There was like this van... That was like a, I think it was called the Van Vet or Vet Van, and it had a little back end that you could raise and lower so that it would have a, a rake angle to it. I remember having that and playing with it a lot. All right. Um, yeah, uh, I had a little blue car. I was I looked all over the house to bring it today. So I was killing myself. I can't find that thing, but I will, and I'll show it to you. <clears throat> so have you been collecting cars um, all the way through since your youth all the way to adult, or did you have any kind of breaks? Well, there was a little bit of a break. Now, you got to imagine, growing up, uh, by the time I got to middle school, I probably had about close to 600 cars. They were very loved. They were played with. Um, they were chipped up, muddy, dirty, all the above. And uh, as I became a teenager, I, me I remember putting them in this locking trunk that I had in my closet. And they kind of sat there for a while, you know, matchbox right. and Hot Wheels were the big thing back in the day. So were Micro Machines. I had a collection of um, about 400. <laughs> was that the guy that talked machines. really fast in the oh, commercial? You know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, that collection uh, kind of grew. And, um, you know, occasionally through my childhood, as I started becoming, quote, unquote, cool. Right. 
I, I did play with them a little less, but you know, sometimes when I was by myself, I would break them out and look at them and, and remember all the fun I had with right. them and occasionally buy a new one here or there. Um, somewhere around 1994, now there is a little bit of a, a sad story here, but let's not dwell on it because there is a much happier ending to that story. But my parents went through a divorce, and uh, through the divorce, um, my mother had relocated. We lived in Virginia. She had relocated to North Carolina, and uh, I was living with my dad at the time, and me and him were butting heads. I was a typical teenager, and I ended up staying with my aunt for a while, and during that time, uh, he decided that he was going to move to a different area, and during that time period... Um, they packed up the house, he and his girlfriend at the time, and they left the house. But, you know, I've come by it occasionally, but they left my bedroom right inside the house. Now, you've got to imagine, this is straight out of an 80s movie. Um, yeah. They took <laughs> the door to the front of the house, the light fixtures, carpet, everything, rolled it right up. Oh, my goodness. left my room standing the way it was. And it never dawned on me that my cars were in danger but somebody eventually found the house and so they just abandoned the house the door cart all that just rolled it out rolled it up and left your room just as it was shut the door and left it just like it was man yeah it's a little bit of a you know it was traumatic at the time but was not focused on that so um sometime during the vacancy of that house someone got in there and stole stereo equipment satellite equipment that we had we had those big satellite dishes out back you know, it's a couple TVs, some furniture, but they found that locked trunk, and I guess they thought they hit the jackpot. Right. This big, heavy trunk full of something, don't know what it is. It was just toy cars. Just cars, yeah. And uh, they disappeared. And I was heartbroken over that, and it took years to kind of move beyond it. But uh, even in my early adulthood, I started working at Walmart, and whenever they would put us into cleaning up the store after it closed, you know, back in right. the 90s, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would kind of avoid the toy aisle. I would go into it, but I really wouldn't look at anything. I'd see a couple and be like, oh, that's kind of nice. But then I would just, like, you know, get that sore spot and just right. move on. So during that time period, yeah, it, it was a little bit. There were a few cars that were left over that somehow either got misplaced in the drawer ended up in something and i had like a handful that had survived so um then around 2000 i had a friend who knew that i collected toy cars and uh he said hey there's this big toy show up in raleigh you should go to it i had never heard of it didn't Mm -hmm. know anything about them and i went to it and on the first trip in i found the replica of that 1978 Mercury Cougar Villager station wagon. Yeah. And it was on. And that was it. That was You were it. like, I had that as a kid. I had the fire. That was the car I had. I had it, and I remember holding it and was almost in tears all of a sudden at the story show going, oh, my gosh, yeah, <laughs> I had this car. And I was so excited about finding that that I ended up making it kind of my passion to rebuild my collection. That is that's awesome. It's nothing like that. That nostalgia that hits, and you never realized how much something meant, or at least your your memory of that time period that's linked to something. Yeah, the nostalgia of it was amazing. I, I just remember feeling all tingly inside and was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if I can find the rest of them. Because, you know, 
I had my favorites. So, you know, there were hundreds, but um, I loved each one individually. Right. Yeah, and you can always tag stories to different things. I think as most people that collect, uh, they can tell you stories about almost every single one, about why I got it and why it was important. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that little Lincoln, like I was telling you, my grandfather had brought to me while I was in the hospital. and I was in the third grade with bronchitis. Uh, I would get bronchitis, pneumonia, had uh, asthma real bad. And so, you know, it was constant rolling in and out of the hospital with that throughout my childhood. But that toy car stayed with me for years. And losing it, I was just completely devastated. You know, because by this time, my grandfather had passed on. And uh, it kind of became the holy grail. And I was on the hunt trying to find that one in particular. Now, the flip side to this story, because I don't like to dwell on negativity things, because people make mistakes and things happen in the past. Right. We make bad choices, we learn from them. That's right. Once you know better, you do better. Well, my do better was I then started finding more and more of the toy cars that I had growing up. And with the help of eBay, (laughs) I have been able to completely rebuild the collection that I had as a child. That is wonderful. I can't go to these toy shows anymore Uh. and say, I don't have that one. Because I do, and in multiple uh, in cases, I have multiples. Yes, I can attest. He was like, look, here are all my green station wagons. And there's <laughs> 24 all green station wagons that are from the 70s. <laughs> because if you love one, why not love 20? Right. And then I just looked at them, and I was like, this is spectacular. You know, so even look at all these. eBay. You know, eBay's been such a valuable tool, too, because I've been able to find color variations from... Uh, Yugoslavia. I remember I ordered one from over there. I can't tell you. Turkey. Turkey. I've bought quite a few from a seller in Turkey that were color variations of it. And I'll still pick it. If if I see it, I'll pick it up. Mm. Uh, I even went to Europe this past weekend or last year. (laughs) I was like, wow. That's a trip, man. (laughs) I was like, I just saw you on Friday. (laughs) On the Concorde. Yeah, no, I went to uh, Europe last summer and uh, even looked for toy cars while i was in belgium so nice it's constant yeah why not i mean you know i went through one phase where i was basically buying anything and everything that i didn't have that was new stock as it was coming out so you're talking early 2000s um i'm starting to get pretty heavy into collecting and then um I i would find something new and i would like that and i'd buy that too and if I liked it a lot. I would buy multiples of it so I could yeah. open one and keep one in the package right. or five or <laughs> ten, depending on how much I love it. <laughs> uh, so when you get a car, do you are you do you just pick up one because you're like, ooh, that looks nice, or do you <laughs> prefer to like get a set, or do you buy sets of cars at a time? What do you think you mostly do? Well, if I like it, here's here's my criteria. It has to look real if it doesn't look real i don't want it now hot wheels has a really good collection and line that they put out but a lot of them tend to be more of like um fantasy vehicles right they do put out some that look real but uh, matchbox seems to be pretty good about putting out cars that look like the real things we see on the road right i would i think i would like those too so um let's see the last trip that I did a major haul was at a Walmart and I ended up coming out spending $38 on just toy cars. 
So $38 on toy cars. That's about, what, like 15 cars? Uh, it's about 30 you know, plus all of the, because it's like a dollar twenty, dollar thirty, depending ah. on where you buy them. Right. Um, dollar nine occasionally. But uh, the, the long gone, long gone days of ninety-nine cent cars, you know, that's kind of in our past now. Uh, yeah, ninety-nine cent anything's in our past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, on that particular day, I was looking for um, a particular red SUV that Hot Wheels had put out. Kind of looks like the Dodge Raider. Can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head. But I think I bought eight of those. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> you never know what day of the week you want a particular one. Yeah, I might want one here and one at work. And <laughs> Now, do you uh, repair any cars or paint any cars? Or are we strictly uh, uh, pick up and collect? As a child, I would take my sister's fingernail polish and do custom paint jobs, and then my parents saw that, and then they would buy me testers, paint model paint kits. Yeah. And I would use those to uh, do some repairs, but then you know, it never turned out as quite um, perfect. Right. <laughs> I would, yeah. Uh. <laughs> as an adult, I've I've tried it a couple of times since then, and not been as successful as I had wished. So I try to steer clear of customizing them myself. Right. Because then a lot of times they're not exactly like the real one. Exactly. Right. Now, uh, I got to tell you guys listening, uh, when Jeremy was showing me his, his set and I was thinking about, man, if I was going to buy a diecast car, I said, like, which one would I buy? I was trying to think of all the cars that you know growing up as a kid i was like which one would i want and i thought the a-team band and i was like I, I was like that's what i get that was one of my favorite shows i sing that tune a lot and jeremy goes oh i've got a few of those you can have one and sure enough we saw an a-team band and there it was in my hand and sure enough that sucker is in the mail right now going to a buddy of mine call his name's taylor hobgood and he custom designs and paints diecast cars. So I'm going to have to make sure you and Taylor get together because uh, he does a wonderful job at, at fixing up and painting. Yeah, and, I would uh, like to meet Taylor. I think he'd be real cool to, to see what he does with them and how he does it. Um, because I've got a few I want to I was about to say, I think you might have one or two that you wouldn't mind getting spiffied up. And I was thinking, oh, the 18 band, get that red stripe on the back <laughs> exactly. and get the wheels just right. Um, ba, da, da, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> I can sing that while I'm rolling it on the kitchen table. And Christy's just going to glare at me like, what are you doing? You know, I think spouses <laughs> have that tendency of like, oh, he's got his toy cars. Leave him alone. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'm very appreciative of that uh, 18 van. So that was spectacular to see. Uh, do you go to uh, shows? Do you go to a lot of toy car shows? Or have you decided that, no, 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 the, the bank account says I can't go to those things? If the bank is open and there's a toy show, I try to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that has got me in trouble quite a bit. Because, oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, every time I go to those toy shows, I typically take about $100. Right. And I try not to go over unless I really run into something that I just have to have. And... Um, the last time they were in Raleigh, I did miss it because I was like, oh, you know, I need to cool my jets. Because not only do die cast or toy cars 
fit my bill of, of, of pleasure and, and my fun. I also like real cars, and I've got a few that are in the pipeline getting repaired and getting um, some some work to it. So I'm trying to get some of that stuff back on the road. Right. And uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Jeremy likes to have a collection of vets. Uh, Chevettes is Shove. what I re- was what we used to say in high school when my buddy had a Chevette, but he just told everybody he was a vet. <laughs> oh, I got a real quick story about that. Uh, I had an '86 Sport as my my very first car. Um, somewhere along the line, I decided that uh, driving rules didn't apply to me. Right. And I ended up getting several tickets and even crashed my Chevette. And so uh, at one point in time, I was driving my dad's old work Chevette. Now, you got to imagine, this thing had no heat in the wintertime. Yeah, it sounds it was, like a Chevette. <laughs> yeah, it was a coal miner, so he would drive it up to the, the coal mine uh, for work. The floorboards were rusted out. The door handles were broken. You know that whole trend about laying your seat back in the car? Yeah. Cruising? I think I started that. Right. Because that Chevette had this little crank knob on the side of the seat. And it was broke, so the seat would only lay flat. So I had a two by four propped up behind the seat. Oh my god! Position. Oh my goodness! uh, It was Sanford and Son to the max. (laughs) It broke down on me. Yeah. Oh no! You don't say it broke down on you. Don't (laughs) say. And uh, I remember I got to. uh, I called my dad and I was like, "Hey, this Chevette broke down, and uh, I parked it near the stop sign uh, out in the valley and." Uh, my friends would come to school and they'd be like, oh, I saw your car. You know, did it break down on me? Yeah, imagine that. Right. right? And, um, you know, as the week went on, um, they kept coming in. No, oh, your car's still sitting there. And one day they came in and was like, oh, you got your car fixed. Yeah. I was like, no, I didn't. So I run down the hallway, go to the pay phone. Nice. <laughs> Call my dad in the middle of the, the morning, wake him up because he's a third shifter. And I wake him up, and I'm like, did you get the Chevette? Did you get it fixed? And he's like, no, I told you I, I couldn't get it to it until Friday or Saturday. I'm like, well, it's missing. Oh, no. Well, we ended up finding out. We ended up finding the car, for one. It was towed away because they thought it was abandoned because how bad it looked. Right. Well, you've got a two-by-four <laughs> holding up the seat. It was in the junkyard I mean, with no tires on it because they were going to scrap the thing. I mean, when you see a car that's put together with lumber, so. <laughs> and shoestrings and coat hangers. Right. And duct tape. We got it back. Nice. Well, that's all that counts. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, do you ever sell any of your cars? You will have to pry them from my dead, cold hands. That's right. You got to. <laughs> Who was it that said that line? Was that Clint Eastwood? I, I don't know. I was trying to remember. I was, oh, no. It was Charlton Heston, Planet of the Apes, wasn't it? Oh, I have no clue. It's just I'm trying I've to remember that lineup somewhere in my life. But, yeah, I don't sell. You're I, not I don't a buy to sell. I don't collect to sell. I collect for me. I collect for me. So what happens when Jeremy ascends to the next evolution of our life? To your 6,501 cars, which I'm sure will be quite a lot more when that happens. I worry about that. I think about that, and I think, who's going to love this collection as much as I did? I know there are many people out there who probably would. Um, I joke around and say, that's my million dollars. When I get ready to retire, I'm going to sell, 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 minus the few, maybe 48 or 100 and 200, maybe four. (laughs) I don't know. 
right? <laughs> Your original 600. You know, we, we joke around here at the house that uh, a tornado hit our area about, uh, what was it, 12 years ago now? Yeah. And I so. said, if a tornado ever came back through this area again, I'm going to throw my favorite car cases, the ones that have the most loved cars in it, into the, the small bathroom that is kind of like our designated storm shelter. And once that door closes, if you're not with me, you're on your own. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you better get a case that's got, a like, a tornado on it. And I was like, these are the tornado cars. These are ones that live no matter what. You know, I, I even joked around that if the house ever catches on fire, it'll probably burn for a decade because the molten lava from all the die cast mm. upstairs. There will be a hole in the ground where it's just <laughs> rolling black smoke. <laughs> I hope it never happens. I, I love my toy cars, and I want to hold on to them until I'm ready to get rid of them and pass it on to someone who loves them. Right. Well, you never know. Life's life's long. You meet a lot of people. You might figure out a s spot for those things to go to. Yeah. Uh, do you have certain brands that you prefer over another? Well, um, I do like Matchbox because, like I say, they do create um, more realistic cars but my all time favorite is Auto World Auto World creates true 164 scale vehicles I love the detail I love the the paint on them the different styles they have now, with, you know, with everybody they, they have some that I don't really care for and I don't buy but uh, that Jeremy there's a car you don't buy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so many times you can see your closet uh, says otherwise <laughs> <laughs> yeah auto world's my favorite and by the way if there's any guys from the or, or ladies from the auto world company out there listening i need you to listen up there is a whole group of us who love the ford festiva and there's not a single toy car out there that is an untapped market you have got to make us one a Ford Festiva? A Ford Festiva. I wonder if there's a reason why they haven't made a Ford Festiva. I talked to a guy on the phone one day because I actually called. And um, I wanted to give him the suggestion to make the Ford Festiva and Ford Aspire. And he was like, really? What it comes down to is they look at marketing value. If they can't sell 100,000 pieces of something, they won't make it. All right, Jeremy's like, well, I got a hundred. <laughs> I would definitely buy a hundred. Right. I just make sure right. I get one in every color. You know, they make a little bit of everything else. I mean, there's not too many cars that we haven't seen made. Um they do come out with new new castings um quite often, like they've come out with a Dodge Caravan that's one of my new favorites. Well, that was a car that sold probably a hundred thousand easy on the road. Oh yeah. There's a ton of those. Yeah, so I'm real happy about that. I actually went to their website and ordered a few of those and um, a few others, actually. I could get in trouble with those websites, buying cars. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah, because there's only so much you can find at Walmart and Hobby Lobby and places like that. So Well, you only find the same kinds, too. Yeah. And They're only going to carry, you know, like nationally or globally sold cars. They're not going to sell niche cars sometimes they do you sometimes yeah. you get lucky but i'm tired of getting lucky i want what i want when i want it so i just that's go right straight to their websites and order you know and since jeffrey the giraffe packed his bags and toys r us closed down um the ability to find cars 
has gotten a little harder. Right. So I, I do shop online a lot now, especially after seeing all the groups and on Facebook that I've joined for diecast and toy cars and things of that nature. And I see people post something. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was coming out. And then I go find it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted. So I, Jeremy was talking about his, uh, uh, his high school car that he had and he got that and I was like do you have a 1986 gold Chrysler Baron four door he's like I don't know if those are made you know I was thinking real hard last night there was a, a car that I did have and I started looking for it and it turned out that there wasn't I've done some searches on it I might be wrong but if there's other diecast lovers out there toy car people we need to help find Matt his Chrysler LeBaron. And do you hear that, Auto World? 1986. <laughs> Gold Chrysler <laughs> LeBaron. It was my grandmother's car. Four-door, right? Four-door. That's right. Four-door with a really crappy stereo system. <laughs> That's what I had. And, uh, yeah, that drove my grandmother all over Ventura in California. It drove me all over Sanford and North Carolina for plenty of years. All right, Jeremy, so what about your family? How, what does your family think of all your toy collect your car toy car collecting you know growing up my sister would say to me oh it's time to put the toys away and i'm like never right <laughs> and uh as now, is your sister older or younger she is older oh. much 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 older she's listening <laughs> much older <laughs> only by four years right but um she actually works part-time uh, in the evenings occasionally at this grocery store, and sometimes she will send me pictures and be like, Bubby, do you have these? And sometimes we get lucky. I'm like, no, I don't. Make sure you put those aside. Oh, that's wonderful. It's always good to have family support for whatever your passion is, especially if it's, like, extreme, and they just embrace it and roll with it. You know, a lot of people, they'll ask me, um, how do you know what you have and what you don't have? Well, when you have 6,501, that's a good question. I honestly don't know. Sometimes I can just get in there and be like, oh, I, I have that one. I will admit that as I've gotten older, the ability to remember everything exactly kind of uh, eludes me. And I have occasionally been like, oh, I bought this one. Oh, no, no, no. I already have it. I already have multiples of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure you, that probably doesn't concern you too much. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Do you have a certain way that you like to pick the cars that you purchase today? It's kind of crazy because it, as I'm standing in the aisle um, at the store <clears throat> and I'm, I'm looking at all the cars and I slide the pegs a little bit to the right or lift them up to see if I can see the names of things and I'm digging through. You see so many mothers come up with their, their children, even dads. They've come up and I'm like, you think it's going to end it never ends right <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> uh it was uh, how do you go about picking a car to purchase oh number one rule it has to look real and it has to speak to me if it doesn't speak to me i will pass on it you know like a there are certain cars that they will just keep putting out there and they've been out for 10 plus years and they'll just throw a new paint job on it i'm like okay i already have that right I, I don't need that again but if it's something specifically what tends to draw my interest the most is if it's from the 80s right the 80s are my decade the nostalgic era 
yeah, that that's my decade. That was the uh, decade that I was growing up in, born in the late seventies. So, anything with the eighties style, I tend to try to get. I do have a variety of decades of uh, cars. You know, I showed you a couple cases yesterday. Yep. Or the other day about um, cars from the fifties and sixties, uh, because I do like to create little scenes and things with them and set them up and play with them, and then take pictures and so i like to get a mix of everything uh so i was going to ask you about do you pull them out set up like scenes or do you ever build sets for them or anything like that or do you just kind of pull them out and put them on the table every once in a while rolling back to two voting seasons back um everything was getting so political and so hateful on social media and that was a way for me to kind of unwind and kind of relax and laugh and you know talk to old friends and stuff but as the debates were getting heated so were tempers on right. social media so this one guy had built a, a car dealership out of legos and it looked so cool i was like oh that's what i'm going to do i'm going to do that but I didn't want to spend a lot of money because that would cut into my car budget. Right, and Legos are not cheap, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't purchased the Legos every once in a while, they um, they can roll pretty pretty pricey. But you can get generics at that uh, dollar store. Right. <laughs> and uh, I would buy, you know, like $10, $15 worth here and there. The next thing I knew, I had spent close to $100 on generic Legos. Dollar Tree Legos. I love it. <laughs> but they were a lot of fun, and I was having a great time with them, and I created different little pictures and scenes and stuff, and I would post them on Facebook, and it, they were garnering a lot of interest. People right. were like, oh, I love this. You should you should do more, and that just encouraged me to go buy more. And right. So a reason to go do more. I love it. <laughs> so I just kept building and building, and then I started looking at it and thinking, oh, you know, I just don't look real enough, and I really want... To live like in the land of make-believe, Mr. Rogers. Yes. I used to love watching Mr. Yeah, Rogers. Yeah, he was one of my favorites, too. Yeah, watching the entry scene, and do you remember the old HBO entry where they fly through the sky and come down to the city, and then it turns into yes. the HBO? That was my favorite. I don't care what was playing afterward. I just <laughs> wanted to watch the entry. Right. Or the, uh, the start of it. So, um, as luck would have it, I had some buildings that were HO scale model buildings for train sets, and uh, I started pulling those out, and I was like, hey, well, this works really well. And I, I took some poster board and painted a little bit of a generic background, and then I would set up these pictures, and I would take pictures with the cars and such in them and the buildings that I had, and then that turned into going to the toy shows and the train shows and looking for more right. scale buildings. You had to get more things for your sets? eBay. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I amassed quite a, a big collection, which then turned going back to the hobby stores and finding little trees and bushes, and then I had to think about what I'm going to use for grass because, you know, right. you just set it on your desktop. That looks fun and all, but I really was going for more like diorama. I wanted to set it up. I wanted to play with it for a little bit, maybe a day, maybe a week, but be able to take it down and put it away. Right. If it sets out too long, it's going to get dusty. That's why all my toy cars are in carrying cases. Right. Yeah. And storage containers for the ones that are unopened. And, um, 
I would set them up and then I would take pictures and create a little story with it and put it on Facebook. And next thing I know, I was rolling the numbers. Not that I was looking for them, but I was so happy that so many people were like, yeah, this is great. I'm yeah, it's awesome. You know, I could, I had this one building set up where I had a pizza hut and it's a Friday night <laughs> in a small town. I set it up just like the pizza hut in my hometown of uh, back in Virginia. And I, I kind of painted a picture from the 1980s, you know, the windows right. steamed up, the building's mm-hmm. crowded, the parking lot's full, the delivery boy comes out the door and you hear the thumping music to I Love Rock and Roll by yep. Jet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the sweet little couple that sits in the window, the same booth every time they come because that was where they first met each other and he proposed to her and they've been married for 60 years. I've had this one scene where I had this, I'd never seen it before, but it was a, um, uh, a mobile home, a single wide mobile home. And I set it up and I said that there was a legend that Priscilla and Elvis Presley had escaped the media and hid out in that trailer for a weekend. <laughs> and that this young couple had just bought this place. And uh, I can't remember their names, Peggy and, so you really went out typing up these stories to yeah. go along with the scenes. I've been encouraged to turn these pictures into books and, and into a book, and maybe I will someday, but um, th- th- it was my escape, and it was the best escape. There's nothing better than to have your imagination in full force and living out something in, in your imagination. Yeah, I love it, man. And so people can still find those on Facebook? Yeah. I actually created it. It's the town of Mullinsville. So if you go on Facebook and just look for Mullinsville, M-U-L-L-I-N-S-V-I-L-L-E, you can actually see some of the creations there. Yeah, I will. that will definitely be tagged uh, on this episode. So check out Jeremy's Towns of Mullinsville. I love it. I think there was, um, wasn't there a movie where they did something similar? I wish I could remember. They did it, but the guy would create scenes like model scenes and then uh and then the movie would go into with a model and it's like he would his imagination you would see that as he transformed into the model he created uh yeah 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 that's the one with um oh i see his face he's the funny guy oh my gosh he was in the 40 year old virgin steve carell Carell. that may have been it yeah where he's like an army he was a retired vet or something, and he was recreating these these scenes. Right. Yeah, I remember that. And then they would they would come to the movie would bring them to life, and you'd see them interact. Mullinsville. That's the first thing I thought about when you told me your story of Mullinsville. I was like, I wonder if it's anything like that movie. <laughs> yeah, because everything that I've put in Mullinsville has been is, is actually something I've experienced, heard about, or as part of my own life, like. Um, uh, I say there's you know events going on in Mullinsville. There's a parade of homes, and Radio WMUL is there doing I love podcasts. It. And um, there's an old haunted house scene that I created that's actually about my childhood home in Virginia. Um, and then I've had others like the Pizza Hut and the old Sears houses that were created and ordered and built. I have a few models that are like that. So it's a good time. Yeah, man, that sounds like an awesome time. You guys, check that out. So, Jeremy, do you ever take any of your collection and show it anywhere, or or anything like that? Or do you there are folks that get together and you're like, all right, folks, 
Today is the the orange Chevette day. Everybody bring your orange Chevettes. <laughs> the, I've never attended any type of meets like that. I think that would be fun. I don't know what I would do besides you know bringing my favorite cars and be like, oh, these are my favorites, and just kind of looking at them and hearing everybody else's stories. But I have had Mullinsville on display at the library um, two times now. For the first time in the Lego version and this last time in the more realistic version. And the kids loved it. Oh, I bet so. Yeah, I set up all kinds of scenes and made it like streets and stuff. And then I had these little um, signs on the, the case that said, you know, can you find the school bus? Because I had a really big school bus, 164 yeah. scale. And can you find the trolley? You know, like uh, Mr. Rogers. I had one of those hidden in the park. And can you find the mail truck? And the kids loved it. That The idea of, of the... The finding the vehicles was a co-worker's idea, but... That's a good one. It was such a hit. The kids loved it. And even yeah. the adults were like, oh, I love this. This is so cute. Who who did this? And I had a lot of scenes, including um, the house from Beetlejuice that I bought on eBay. It was 3D printed, painted it up. Nice. I have a little covered bridge uh, that I ordered. Again. Oh, man, that's another action figure I'm going to have to get is Beetlejuice. Yeah. Talk about... <laughs> Uh, uh, so doing this podcast, I've met a lot of people that, um, collect, you know, your nostalgia from your childhood and I walk into these houses and I'm like, I didn't realize how much I wanted that until you're showing it right in front of me. It just never occurred to me that I would really love that Beetlejuice. I'm going to have to add that to my list. (laughs) You know, that kind of is what happens you start talking about or seeing your toys that you remembered you or your siblings having uh having while growing up and that's why there's a uh, barbie a-frame dream house upstairs because my sister had one and well that just reminded me of her and every time i see it i think of her right not that i collect the barbies as much but i do have some barbie beetles and little vehicles like that but um Toy cars are definitely my passion. Right. And what he means by Barbie A-frame is that it is pretty much uh, to length and height of his bed. So <laughs> it's not a little, it sits on there. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's on the floor. It's, uh, it, floor you know, if it had a flat roof, you could sit on it and change your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Three feet wide, you know, 1978 Barbie. Uh, you can house. fit full Barbies in there and play house for hours. So that that's spectacular. I love I love seeing people get into their joys and passions, and even if it, everybody thinks it's a kid thing, but you know, you're only as old as you feel. Yeah. And so, um, the more fun and happiness you can put in your life, the better it's going to be. I did realize that just having the toy cars alone seemed like my imagination just couldn't spark as much. But when I started creating the scenes, it was like I was again as a child living like I'm driving that car. I'm seeing it at that eye level. Right, and that really was what excited me about doing it, kept me doing it, and uh, enjoying it so much. And that makes us healthy and happier, man. I think so too. Oh, for sure. All right. Um, so, Jeremy, this takes us to some of the fun questions. Uh, let's see. So, in your opinion, why do you think uh, toy cars exist, and why do you think kids are so drawn to them? Just the fun. Um, being able to put it in your pocket, hide it, play with it, um, having something that looks like something your your mom or dad had. Right, it looks like the real thing. Yeah, that's what we had, you know, 
a lot of cars like that, you know, like the Shabbat. I have several Shabbats and stuff. And um, Yeah, it doesn't look like a kid toy. Right, it, right. It's the real thing. I think that's what some of the electronic age has taken away from children because we had so much fun with playing with our cars. I remember taking the couch cushions off the couch and, you know, the little springs under the fabric make perfect parking spaces to make a parking lot <laughs> or a car dealership, you know. Oh, wow. The old fold-out, ta- uh, the old tables that had the, the doors underneath them, the big, big coffee yes. tables. Um, you know, oh, Those yeah. would become, you know, grand little place suites for me. Um, I think that's that's really the, the attraction of it still. And I still get a little chuckle every time I see a kid go, you know, really berserk over a toy car at a store. Yes. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, you got it. You got the fever. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, when I was doing a little research, when I was getting ready for you, uh, I saw that uh, a lot of the car manufacturers in the early days when cars were first coming out and they were trying to convince the public that these things are safe and you should buy one, you should travel in them, and they were fine to buy. They would also build toy versions that looked exactly like the ones they were selling for the kids so that when those children got older, they would be excited to own a car just like their parents may have. And that was one of the reasons for those die casts to get started was to help the general public you know, uh, and the next generation to be more inclined to buy real cars. You know, and even with promotional cars, they call them promos. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the uh, 60s and 70s and, and 80s, and even through some of the 90s, you could still get a promo car. It was a little plastic car, um, Ertl, ERTL. Right. Um, was the manufacturer of them. They, you, you could get them at the dealership. Sometimes they'd give it to you for free, but those have kind of fell out of favor. I still think, that's funny. If you buy a car, if you go to a dealership and you spend... Thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars on a brand new car. Why can't you get a little toy model car? You know, I have to be awesome, especially because a lot of people buy a car. They have a kid. You know, that would be. You know, car makers. I think you guys should add that to the little package and there. Bring back the paper brochures of the vehicles that you can look through. They're hard to find now. They just say, "Oh, go to this link on the internet." Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the paper brochures. Yeah, those are kind of a thing of the past, aren't they? Yeah. As I'm looking at my laptop and reading questions instead of having to print it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, uh, Jeremy, what is your, what's the oldest uh, toy car that you have? <clears throat> it is a Volkswagen Beetle that my friend bought for me. Uh, she went to Europe um, probably 2000. 12, 13, and she brought it back from Germany, and it's probably 60s, 50s, right? somewhere in there. It's smaller than 164 scale, but it's quite awesome, and I love it. I know. I know. My grandfather uh, had, well, my grandparents had all my, my dad's old toys and his siblings, and when I would visit, I would play with the Lincoln Longs and the Tinker Toys and all those older sets, and there was a blue... Uh, I don't remember if it was two door or four door, just little sedan car, die cast car, and the front so the front doors opened up, and I would roll that thing down the driveway. Right, my grandfather would would stop it with his foot, and he'd bring it back to me, and he'd walk down the driveway, and I'd roll that thing down again over and over. And so after my parents passed away, and um, we picked up little 
mementos, you know, from the house for memories. And that blue car is one that I kept. And that was a while ago. And then after seeing you, I was like, where is that blue car? <laughs> so today I spent a substantial amount of time at the house looking for that. And uh, I will promise to find that. I know that somewhere. I can't wait to see it when you do find it. I'll yeah. See what it is. Oh, I've got a quick story for you. All right, go for it. So, um, as a kid, uh, during the '80s, the Bigfoot monster truck was real popular. Bigfoot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man! I, I, you couldn't get me more excited than to yeah, put Bigfoot so, in front of me. You know, I would get uh, two of the same car. You know, I would uh, beg my parents, please let me get two of them, and then I would take a hammer and smash one. <laughs> I bet they love that. <laughs> so the, they didn't know that was my plan, but that's what I would do, and I would pretend like Bigfoot would come rolling through and smash. Oh no. Or I'd have a car wreck in your Did you have a Bigfoot? I don't think I did. That was one of like my bucket list. Man, there's another nostalgic toy I need to find. Yeah, I don't think that I was one of my. There was a few from my childhood that I was like, if I could have any toy, but the Bigfoot know, was a big one. There were other vehicles I would make jump ramps, like uh, Evil Knievel and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my parents started getting smart about that. They're like, no, you can't have two and stop smashing your cars. <laughs> well, I got a little smart and uh, would trick mom into buying me one. And then when I'd go to the store with dad, I'd trick him into buying me the same car. Nice. So I could get two again. And smash <laughs> one. I remember them telling me, if you don't stop that, we are not buying you any more cars. You're wasting money. And uh, that came to a crashing halt. Right. No pun intended. Was it wasting money if you're having fun with them? I don't know. <laughs> if you keep using the same smash car over and over and over, then have a wreck. There you, know, you go. The, those crash ups came out in the eighties where they would actually have the yes, and they would turn. Around. Yeah, yeah. I had a He Man that you would hit him in the chest, right, yeah. and the chest would spin to show battle damage, and you mm -hmm. could flip it back. And yeah, man, those were awesome. So, what kind of uh, what were some of the company names of toy cars back? Or some of the early companies? Uh, the ones that I know of, you know, starting off, uh, the most famous Hot Wheels, Matchbox, but then you had Corgi, Yat, Yat Ming, Tamika, those were from overseas. Um, Dinky, Dinky Toys. Yeah, I remember Dinky Toys. I don't remember having too many of those, to be honest with you, but I probably did. Right, you just didn't know it. Yeah. So, Jeremy, if you could take one of your toy cars and turn it into a real life car which one do you think you would want oh. sitting in your driveway oh. that's a hard one i have so many, so <laughs> many reasons. but right off the bat probably a tamika volkswagen beetle i just bought some on ebay one silver um, another one's orange i have several that are hard tops several that are convertible now you put wood panel on the side of that and a surfboard on it and that's <laughs> that's exactly the kind of car that i'd be into <laughs> yeah well, i think that would be what i would do right now because i already have a chevette in the works right that's awesome all right um jeremy you got any uh, other stories you want to share or um you may want to edit this out I'll, I'll tell you. You can tell you it, can and then I'll decide if I edit it later or not. Okay, my parents would go to church, and Mom always carried toy cars with me, with her in her purse. And then I was too young um, to pay attention, so she would pull out her purse and lay the toy cars on the ground on the floor, and I would crawl into the pew, and I'd be playing there. 
Well, when I got a little bit older and got to go to the bathroom by myself, so you're talking, what, maybe four or five, you know, not having to be escorted to the bathroom by your parents during church. Right. Well, I was in the bathroom, <clears throat> in the men's bathroom that I hadn't spent much time in because, um, you know, mom always took me to the bathroom. With right. Her and found something. And I brought it back, and I was playing with it and my toy cars underneath the, the pew. And mom used to laugh about this and say she started smelling something, and she looked down, and there I was. And guess what I was playing with? Oh, no, I don't know. Urinal cake. Uh, I wondered if it was a urinal <laughs> cake. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was using it like a little toy car. <laughs> oh, because it was square and similar shape. Yeah, and... there was the rectangular ones back in the yep. day that kind of clipped on the side of the uh, the toilet. So, like I said, that's, that's a little funny story. You can edit that out if you need. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. There was a movie where they had a little kid. and said, look, Daddy, we don't have these at home. And he picked it up in his pocket. The urinal cakes to take home. <laughs> that was a story I, I used to hear about quite a bit growing up. Oh, that is, well, you can turn turn whatever you want to a car. It's the beauty of imagination, man. <laughs> I absolutely love it. All right, Jeremy, I'm going to ask you about five or six rapid-fire questions. Shoot. Then I ask the same questions with each person that comes on the show. And uh, it's interesting to see what people say. So, um, besides your wonderful family, what's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? southwest virginia and tennessee love it uh what is your favorite smell <laughs> the new car smell <laughs> no, actually it, it, it is enjoyable um <laughs> i tend to like the smell of skunk you know what <laughs> i hope my wife is listening to this because we'll be going down the road and then her head will pick up and she goes <laughs> Oh, it's a skunk. I love that smell. <laughs> and the rest of us yeah. are like, what are you talking about? My mom was the only one who ever I ever knew who had, who had liked it. <laughs> yeah, no. and, my, and my wife's mother, I think she's her big fan. I just always thought, because maybe they were from up north is why they like the smell of skunk. I was like, oh, it's awful. Uh, uh, what's your favorite sandwich? Mm. I really like fried bologna sandwich on toasted bread with mustard yeah mustard goes on everything with i everything. think absolutely yeah i put mustard on all my sandwiches absolutely um what's your favorite kind of drink pepsi pepsi that's taste of carolinas and what makes you happy every single time it occurs finding a new toy car that I have been looking for or didn't know existed that I loved. How did I know you'd say that? <laughs> I was about to say finding that car. That car, yep. If you could send one little nugget of advice back to little Jeremy Mullins, what would that one little bit of advice be? Don't worry about what you're going to lose because you're going to get it all back and they're going to be brand new. Right. Don't worry about what you'll lose. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Jeremy. And as I ask each person, uh, who do you think would be a good guest to have on the show? Who do you know that still 
is enveloped with something they did as a child. I was thinking my nephew, who loves Star Wars. That's all I can sing before (laughs) somebody comes and sends me a letter. Tyler Pierce out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, If he was local, I I would say he would probably enjoy it. Are you talking local? No, no, man. This podcast can be international. We can do virtual anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're perfect. Yep, I can do virtual, no problem. Yeah, uh, him, um, the neighbor across the street. Yeah, he owns an antique Volkswagen Beetle that uh, he and his wife bought when she was pregnant with their first child, and they had it all the way through the years of their kids growing up, and then it was put into a restoration project with a friend who just kind of worked on it on the side. Yeah, stayed at his shop for years and years, and. The year their son passed away, they got the car back. Aww. And that thing is a beauty. I bet so. Yeah, I, I tell him all the time I'm going to send the bill for my faded furniture because he keeps it so polished up, the shine's going to melt the sh- siding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. All right, no, we haven't talked to any Star Wars folks yet, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that can talk a lot of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Well, Jeremy, thanks for being on the show. If anyone wants to meet Jeremy in real life, just head out to Sanford's amazing public library. It is an amazing little library for Sanford, North Carolina. They sure do do a lot. And uh, just ask anyone on the staff if they can recommend a book on collecting toy cars. And I bet you Jeremy will come running out of his office and say hello. (laughs) I sure will. If I hear that, I'll be poking my head around the corner going, toy cars. Right? (laughs) All right, folks, find what makes you happy and do it. There's a lot of life out there to live. Take the time and enjoy it. Thank you, Matt, for having me on the show. Yeah, Jeremy, thanks for coming out. This has been great.